Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. The Champions League did not disappoint this week as Liverpool and Manchester City played out a thriller at Anfield and Cristiano Ronaldo stole all the headlines. Um, we're going to be looking back at the Champions League action, we're going to be looking ahead to the Premier League weekend which includes the Manchester derby and the Merseyside derby uh, this weekend and uh, to do so uh, I'm joined by Mark Jones again. Hello again. Jones, are you a regular now? I just live in this room and, uh, <laughs> and, and then you come in once a week and say hello to me. It's nice. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Uh, Jack Rathborn is with us. Hello. Uh, Jack. Nice to be with you. Yeah, so it's, it's been a while since you've been on one of these. Yeah, a few weeks. Um, yeah, good to be back and uh, yes. Yeah, good. Uh, we're also joined in the room by uh, Amber Sandhu. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, how are you doing? You okay? I'm good, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, I say before we crack on uh, with the Liverpool and Manchester City, um, it is worth mentioning, um, obviously, the, the sad news about Ray Wilkins uh, this past uh, this past week. Uh, obviously, condolences with all, all of us uh, to his family and his friends. Uh, very sad news indeed about Ray. On to the Champions League. Liverpool against Manchester City. Um, let's be honest. It was uh, it, it, it was horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Says the Manchester City fan. <laughs> you, maybe. Um, it was. I mean, it, I didn't see it going that way. Put it put it that way. It was uh, everyone everyone you spoke to and, and spoke about this game in the build up to it, including us here last week. We're talking about how it was going to be end to end. How you know, I'm pretty sure everyone in the world put a bet on both teams to score, um, which which didn't happen. Um, and you've just, I think. And even in the first sort of ten minutes, City City looked on top, and, and but Liverpool, the way they took it from kind of ten minutes through to half time, was absolutely incredible. And it, kind of like they got whipped up and in the whole occasion, and, and they um, they really took it to City. And, and you've not seen City wobble like that for a long time, probably since the game at Anfield in the league. Yeah, yeah. I so say the um, the atmosphere. I'll, I will give credit to Liverpool and Anfield. Mm. I thought it just sounded spectacular. It really did. The sort of game where you know I'd, I'd really want to be at Anfield. I really yeah. want to to kind of take all of that in. Um, does does the atmosphere have, oh, I mean, or was the atmosphere um, part of the reason why Liverpool were, were, were yeah, so dominant? it was. Um, yeah. I think it's it's quite funny because it's it's reached proportions that I've never seen before these last few weeks in terms of talking about the atmosphere and how it makes a difference. And you had, you had quite a lot of Man City fans and other fans almost like falling over themselves to, to say it, doesn't, it didn't matter. And again, as I said on here last week, you don't want to wind up Liverpool fans because they, they they will get rolled up and they and they they took it they took it kind of upon themselves to try and make a difference in that game. Um, it's happened before, and obviously yes, you're not physically talking about somebody climbing down off the cop and banging in a goal, but you're. I think Frank Lampard said it in the build-up to the game, and it's a really good quote where he said, "It's not that the atmosphere overly frightens the opposition teams; it's more that it motivates Liverpool players." and they run the extra yard, they close down an extra player. And as you saw that in the performances of the Liverpool players, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the welcome as well. Obviously, the, the coaches come in, the mm. crowds line the streets, there's flares. Fortunately, obviously, there was the, obviously yeah. a few uh, bottles and things thrown at the coaches, which you know is obviously we, we, we don't condone. But do, do, does that get in the head uh, of players? Well, I think it, it's fair to say it did. You, we've seen a really animated Pep Guardiola after... Getting off the bus, and um, he was he was livid really with the the manner in which his side was treated. Um, bottles thrown, uh, beer sprayed everywhere, and I think certainly it was something that they weren't expecting. Otherwise, they they would have been mentally prepared for that and got on with it. I mean, I think it was the surprise of the um, the greeting um, because somebody like Kevin De Bruyne has spoken since and said he's he's not 
so bothered about it, but I think certainly Guardiola was. And um, when your manager transmit that sort of concern, it will go right right through the team. And um, you saw City panic as soon as their sort of 10-minute spell of possession and control at the start of the first half didn't didn't come to fruition. You saw Liverpool find the breakthrough and they quickly found the second and, and the third, like eight or nine minutes apart. I think uh, it's fair to say that Mark talked about surprises. Um, both teams to score was expected. It didn't happen. I think something that certainly we didn't expect was the cohesion of Liverpool and um, mm. the way they set up, the, uh, the stability once they went 3-0 up, yeah. the, um, the diligent approach from Klopp's side to keep their shape. Um, really impressive to see the likes of uh, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson switching at set pieces, maintaining their um, wrong positions as such, and then a few minutes after, reverting back. Um, I thought that was really impressive. Um, Van Dijk has obviously made a massive difference too, and um, I think... Um, Actually, Klopp will be more impressed with that than the the devastating nature of their attack over a yeah, thirty minute spell. I think it's it's, it's one thing going three 0 up; it's mm-hmm. another thing keeping it about three 0 And I thought they were brilliant in that the second mm-hmm. half. Yeah, I, I, I said to you in the, in, the, in the pub last night while we yeah. were watching it. Um, defensively, yeah. Liverpool were just mm-hmm. exceptional. And City they couldn't um, they couldn't do anything. Yeah. They, 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 they didn't. They couldn't string two passes together in the final third. I think set pieces as well. Obviously, De Bruyne is normally absolutely Ooh. bang on. And yet, I don't know, they, they, they were just outstanding Liverpool at the back. City looked to be lacking kind of a bit of a focal point in attack for me. It wasn't, wasn't Gabriel Jesus' best night, was it? And um, Liverpool have struggled a little bit in, in recent weeks against the kind of taller, more powerful strikers, Lukaku and Benteke, most notably. Um, City just weren't allowed to, to build up build up as as they wanted to, and I think and by, by the time they got into the positions that they wanted to be in, Liverpool were back. They were set, as Jack says. Um, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, who was someone who a lot of the the fans were worried about coming into the game because he's had a, a dodgy sort of few weeks up against Leroy Sané, and, and there was going to be, you know, that was going to be the battle, and that was going to be the one that that, that City were going to target. And Trent Alexander Arnold's a nineteen year old kid, and he's come through that exceptionally well, I think. Opposite side, you've got Andy Robertson, who's been getting better and better. And then, as you say, the centre-backs. Mm-hmm. I think Van Dijk just transmits this sort of coolness and calmness that um, someone like Lovren needs, because Lovren can be a bit crazy at times. So so Van Dijk's got this presence about him, which I think helps everybody. And in front of that, you've got Jordan Henderson. I thought a great game as well. Yeah, absolutely. I say, uh, you mentioned Jordan Henderson, the midfield three as well, Ooh. all English uh, yep. in that Liverpool team of, obviously, Henderson, Oxlade, Chamberlain. James Milner, James Milner, I thought was brilliant as well, as well against his former team. Um, really, obviously, it's been a while since we've had kind of a, a great all English midfield <laughs> like that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too excited about the World Cup, but play them three together in the World uh, Cup. Well, Milner's not having it anymore. Is he? He retired. Uh, he retired a while back, but he's he's had a great season, as you say. I think he benefits from from kind of not playing every week and he gets dropped into games. But certainly, since the turn of the year, Klopp has given him the bigger games because he can trust him. Um, and he's just got a cool head about him. He, he he knows, you know, he's been there before. He's been there with City, as as you say. And um, yeah, he's having a fantastic. Henderson was great. Oxlade Chamberlain. I mean, to just do that like he did was was quite remarkable. And and he is someone who just looks unburdened. He looks um, he looks like he's finally kind of like coming into himself. He got a lot of criticism of Arsenal, I think, for almost being a bit of an overthinker, to being a bit um, sort of down on himself. But he's to have that presence of mind to pick up that ball and go, you know what, I'm great this and and. And it could have gone. It could have gone row twenty-seven to the cop, or it could have gone where it did. Yeah. See that, that that second goal. I was gonna say I watched it. I watched it back a few times this morning as well. I still can't work right? out who's yeah. done. <laughs> who, who's kind of 
in the wrong for Manchester City's perspective because yeah. Oxley Chambers in this sea of space. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, you could get yeah. a whole team kind of surrounding him, but I don't know. It's just get busted and throw stuff at it. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's um. I, I don't know. I just, but I, I can't work out who's at fault, which is just I really guess, weird. I guess Fernandinho was he meant to be there? I'm not sure, but he, he yeah, he just he drifts into his space. He's an intelligent player, Oxley Chamberlain. He's an intelligent lad as well. He comes across when he runs interviews. I always think, um, and yeah, he's good at finding these little pockets of space. And he's had a, he's had a very good season. I think he'll he'll um, be an important player for England in the summer as well. Nestled in that. Michael Essien corner, not quite that. bottom, not quite top. <laughs> yeah, when you hit it, yeah. in, in that it's middle a, zone, it's, and just, a, it's yeah. a testament to how hard he hit that shot because mm-hmm. it hasn't gone top corner, it hasn't gone bottom corner, yeah. it's gone there, and Edison has gone, has gone past him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's in a blink of an eye, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it's two 0 you know, and and yeah, it, it, in a way, it summed up a lot of what Liverpool were about all night, just just hitting them hard and hitting and, and going for things and not being afraid. Yeah, um, obviously, we're speaking now a lot, a lot about Liverpool. I'd say Liverpool, great. Liverpool were, were fantastic. Uh, Jack, was it partly down to the fact that Man City got it wrong? Guardiola got his approach wrong as well? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's uh, fair to say there's, there's going to be a, a bit of an investigation over the next few few days at, uh, at the Etihad. I think Guardiola's sort of, he's overthought it a little bit. I think he's been concerned by the... Um, the way his side unravelled at Anfield in the, the second league fixture this season. I think he's tried to counter that, look for a bit more control. And ultimately, he's sort of, while Alexander-Arnold did excellently against uh, Sane, Robertson, again, was was decent. But without that second wide, wide threat, mm. it, um, it didn't really give uh, the room for De Bruyne and Silva to sort of plot their way through, yeah. through the middle. And I think that's where um, someone like Gabriel Jesus... Like it hindered him because everything was congested, and without sort of opening those pockets between Robertson and, uh, and Robertson and Alexander Arnold and uh, Lovren and Van Dijk, yeah. it sort of allowed them to sort of crowd the space. And while his movement's very good, I think uh, City lacked that sort of space to plot their way through. Um, I think he will regret playing Laporte at left back. I think that was a that was a really poor selection and. Um, would he take that back? I think he would privately admit. Laporte was excellent mm-hmm. against Everton though uh, the weekend yeah. in in the left back role. Mm-hmm. Everton got um, more Salah, have they? That's, that's the thing. And, and yeah. you know, I, I I found the City team really odd when 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 I saw it. I was going out with you and, and City do a thing don't they? when they when they release their team they do it on this graphic and it's like the um, there's kind of like three columns of four circles so you've got like yeah. all that and it's obviously there's eleven players and Guardiola they put in there as well and you don't know what formation they're in and I was looking at it going where the hell are they? Play it because yeah. you had you had Gundogan, you had mm-hmm. initial suggestions that maybe De Bruyne was going to be on the right. Laporte is it a back three? Is it this? Is it that? Where's Kyle Walker playing? Um, and it, I just found it really odd. And you you know when you're talking about the soon to be champions of England and you're playing players in their wrong positions, mm-hmm. um, you know it, I, I think I think the manager got it very wrong. Um, and it happens to all managers, you know, as, as good as he is, um, he he just. I don't, I don't know he whether the occasion. I'm not sure. I mean, he's been in these occasions many times, doesn't he? But I found the city team baffling. You know, I say I can't, I can't disagree with you. Uh, we are going to talk more about Liverpool and Manchester City uh, coming up shortly because obviously they both got huge games uh, this weekend with the Manchester and Merseyside derby. Uh, but there was other Champions League action going on this week. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, took the headlines, obviously as he always does. Um, best Champions League goal ever. I know we had we had this From debate. Him. Or, oh, all time. Of all time? Um, no, I sit down in it. That, that, that Leverkusen one. In fact, it was in the final as well. Um, mm. uh, it's that one for me, yeah. Yeah, Jack? 
I mean, it's hard off the top of my head. I, I think just in terms of bicycle kicks, overhead kicks, uh, maybe Philip Mexes against Anderlecht. That was good. Um, took it on the chest and then yeah. had a little look and then put it in the, right in the yeah. top corner, looped it in. Um, that one stands out for me. I think uh, certainly Zidane is right up there. Um, I've seen some fantastic caca goals over the year, the way yeah. he sort of adds that skill with power and aggression. I think that is what Ronaldo is all about. So if you want to compare him to a player, Kaká, a little bit more grace, but the way he sort of drove at teams and would finish with precision, I think maybe some of those goals, maybe the one at Old Trafford, I think. Um, yes, yeah. that, one, that yeah, was one of the great yeah, goals yeah. of his sort of spell where he was on top of the world with AC Milan. Yeah, I remember that Ronaldo won away to Porto where he, he, he smashed it about yeah, 40 that, yards out. I'd actually think, I'd say that was a better goal. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're the sort of goals that are. You can do all your bicycle kicks mm-hmm. and tricks and stuff. I, I, just, like, I just want to go, see a good old thronk. Yeah. What about Ronaldo? That's what I want. Ronaldo's uh, towering header against Roma. I mean, both the overhead oh, kick oh, and the, yeah, 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 and the header one. were yeah. like seven feet in the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, Someone made a great point the other day because uh, yeah we, we we're talking about this round of over a kick. You see Ashley Barnes over a kick for uh, for Burnley yeah, against what West an Brom. Underrated goal. And yes. just because he's not Cristiano Ronaldo, just because he's Ashley Barnes, Chelsea target Ashley Barnes uh, did that. And um, yeah, I mean uh, yeah, I, I, you, anyone could do these moments. Like so obviously you've got different types of great goals. I remember being at um, being at Anfield in Barcelona, scored a goal where they passed the ball about fifty times. They just they wouldn't get. I think. Um, uh, Robbie Fowler famously asked uh, De Boer if they could, if they could have like uh, borrow their ball afterwards, sort of thing. Liverpool weren't getting a kick, and um, Barcelona passed the ball around for ages, and mm-hmm. and it ends with Overmars rounding uh, Jesse Dudek, and and the whole cop just clapped because it was just too good. And mm-hmm. so you know, that's a different that's a type of goal. There's the Ronaldo goals and all that, and it's kind of what makes football great, isn't it? All these different types of goals. Yeah, Lampard pulled off some sort of overhead scissory kind of kick against Bayern Munich. A few. Um... I remember Lampard's one at the New Camp where he was like on the touchline. That was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really a little, little dink yeah. finish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're getting a bit sidetracked, kind of mm-hmm. reminiscing about... We have a separate one yeah. for this. We'll do the greatest goals podcast. Goals. Um, yeah. Anyway, obviously, yeah, Real Madrid beat Juventus 3-0. Uh, there was also mm-hmm. wins for Barcelona and for Bayern Munich. And uh, I spoke a little earlier today to Rick Sharma, our, our man in Spain, um, to, uh, to give us a lowdown on, on those games. Rick Sharma, really appreciate you joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast. Um, we want to talk a little bit about Real Madrid. Um, obviously, they're in a commanding position uh, going into the second leg of their Champions League quarterfinal with Juventus. And it's all pretty much down to one man. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has done it again. Um, I think one of the Spanish front pages said, uh, what planet are you from on Cristiano Ronaldo? I mean, Rick, uh, are you surprised that he's uh, been about him again? I can't say I'm surprised just because he's done it so many times over his career, even in the last few years. Um, so often in the second half of the season as well, when when it, things really come to a head. And again, in the Champions League, which is, is his favourite competition and Real Madrid's favourite competition. Um, but, I mean, it, it is surprising in a way just because, I mean... Sometimes you watch him play and he doesn't he doesn't do much. He's he's not on the pace and then the ball comes to him in the box and he just puts it away. He's just a phenomenal finisher and his goals against Juventus were both both superb. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's actually kind of turned his season around, hasn't he? Because he didn't start the season too well as obviously as Real Madrid struggled at the start of the season. He was struggling as well. I mean, it's it's been quite quite the turnaround for him, hasn't it? Yeah, in, in the first half of the season, Ronaldo had about three goals in a, maybe fifteen games or something. I think it's fourteen games actually, and 
uh, he was struggling. He looked tired. He looked like he physically wasn't up to it anymore. And then basically since the turn of the year, he's, he's gone berserk. He's got 23 goals in his last 12 games for Madrid, um, four in his last La Liga game. Um, and he's just he's unstoppable in front of goal at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Real Madrid as well on a whole, um, obviously we mentioned Ronaldo's turned his season around. Real Madrid have turned their season around. Do you reckon that's partly because of Ronaldo's form has improved again? Or as a team, have they just found something some, something that they were maybe missing at the start of the season and they've clicked again? I think it's a bit of both. Um, Ronaldo was playing badly at the start of the season and Madrid was set up so um, so strongly around Ronaldo that if he wasn't going to play well, then they were going to struggle um, especially with Benzema not, I mean, but I think Benzema is a very good player and probably a bit underrated. But in terms of goal scoring, he's been he's been pretty poor this season. Um, but now Ronaldo is scoring again. Madrid looked a lot, a lot more dangerous. Um, and you're right, they have they have improved as well because I think mentally that they they've realised you know La Liga's gone. Uh, obviously, the the Copa del Rey is gone, um, but the Champions League they've won it twice in a row. The first teams the first team to do that. And, I mean, you, you really can't bet against them doing it again. Uh, absolutely. Um, obviously, Real Madrid have now won 11 out of 12 in, in, across all competitions um, in a row, which is pretty remarkable. Um, I assume you'll see absolutely no problem with them getting past Juventus, well, obviously, given the fact they have three away goals in the second leg. Yeah, it's really, really hard to see Juve doing anything um, at the Bernabeu, especially in the context of the Spurs games, in which Tottenham were better than Juve over both legs of the last 16, um, but Juve just had sort of the know-how to get through. But against Madrid, they they have no advantage on that. Madrid are the most experienced team in the Champions League, so um, I don't think Juve have any chance at the Bernabeu. Yeah, it's an intriguing fixture in Spain this weekend for Real Madrid. Obviously, they, they're going to play Atletico. Um, it's going to be, obviously, a, a derby game. It's going to be tough. Is, is this maybe the real test of exactly where Real Madrid are right now? I don't know if I don't know if that's true because I think this is a derby kind of with the sting taken out of it just because Atletico are nine points behind Barca. Madrid are, I think, four behind Atletico at the top of the table. And, I mean, I think Madrid will be going out to win. But if they win, they're more or less handing a title to Barca, which is not something that they're particularly keen on doing. Um, and even though they have such a big lead against Juve, the Champions League is such a dominant presence in, in the minds of the Real Madrid players and in Zidane's mind that I can imagine against Atletico, they're prob- they're prob- they won't be going 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Barcelona there as well. Um, weird one with Barcelona. They've kind of gone under the radar this week, uh, simply because obviously Ronaldo was uh, overhead kick and his heroics, and then obviously the Liverpool Man City game took so many headlines um, on the on Wednesday night. How, how did Barcelona do? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've not seen the highlights yet. I've not I've not watched watched back the game, but it sounded like a, a dominant performance. Uh, well, I, yeah, I went to that game last night, and the scoreline reflects very well on Barca. But really, the performance was n- not that impressive. It was it was a lot better than their two draw with Sevilla on Saturday. That was probably their worst performance of the season, perhaps excluding the, the defeat by Espanyol and the Copa del Rey. Um, Barca against Sevilla were, were, were terrible. They had Busquets and Messi back against uh, Roma last night, and 
I mean, they didn't play badly, but they didn't play particularly well. They got a little bit lucky because two of the Roman goals were own goals, although both Suarez and, and Pique came out and said afterwards that there's no luck in, in that, that Barca have had five own goals in their favour in the Champions League of the season. It's just the way they play and the way they push forward just forces those situations, which is, I mean, and that is true. They do get into some very good positions. But um, no, they weren't particularly outstanding. Messi's just come back from injury. So, I mean, he wasn't at his best. I mean, when he got the ball, Roma were afraid of him. And that kind of conditions the game in a bit, in a way, because um, it creates a lot of space for the other players. But, no, Barca weren't at their strongest. I think maybe on Saturday against Leganes, that's the time they're going to, they're going to, I mean, they can, they've got the chance of, of breaking the all-time uh, unbeaten record in, in La Liga of 38 games set by Real Sociedad in 1980. Um, so they'll be up for that. And I think that's a good game to build some momentum up. It certainly will be intriguing. I say um, on the Champions League as a whole, um, given how strong Real Madrid look, and obviously the fact that Barcelona are, are Barcelona and they, they do what they do, uh, are you expecting another Spanish triumph this year? It's hard. It's hard to to, to bet against. It. I mean, especially if Liverpool knock out City. I mean, I know they did very well last night, but fundamentally, that Liverpool team is. Uh, bar the forwards, pretty weak. Uh, the defense is terrible. Um, although they've done, I mean, they've done all right lately, and uh, like uh, Robertson's been quite good. But uh, I think if if either Madrid or Barca draw Liverpool, they wouldn't have too many problems. And uh, Bayern, I watched the Bayern Sevilla game on uh, on Tuesday because I had to work on it, and then watched the Madrid game later. Um, Bayern looked pretty poor as well for, for the first half at least and they improved in the second half and they'll probably go through against Sevilla um, but I don't, I don't think either Bayern or, or Liverpool are, are, are have too much hope against Madrid or Barca I mean they'll both be hoping that Madrid and Barca draw each other in the, in the semi-final Rick Sharma there joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast always good to hear from Rick uh, giving us his insight, obviously, on the Spanish game. Now, we're going to move back domestically uh, again, uh, just because it's Premier League and just because we have um, say one hell of a good weekend coming up. Manchester City can win the title if they defeat Manchester United. It'll make you feel better, won't it? It will make me feel <laughs> a hell of a lot better. Um, although, after watching that, I'm not expecting it, not expecting it to happen. I'm fully expecting a, a nil-nil draw. I'm expecting Mourinho to come and shut up shop and, mm-hmm. and do what Mourinho does. Um, just how do City bounce back how, how does City approach the game knowing it's a huge game against the biggest rivals the atmosphere will be electric again but I mean they've got to be so dejected and kind of glum yeah, going but into is it. it's, it's also a good chance to, to bounce back from, from Wednesday isn't it it's, it's you know playing, playing the biggest rivals obviously and and if they're upset and angry about what happened on Wednesday which I'm sure they are then then it's a great chance to kind of lay one on, on, on Man United and take out their frustrations with a view to, you know, as the tie's not over with Liverpool, with, with, with a view to going into that second leg, you know, with with a bit of a bounce and, and, and feeling good about themselves again. Yeah. Um, Jack, do you expect City to kind of look more like themselves again? I believe so. I think there are signs of encouragement, though, for Mourinho. It just depends on how brave he can be. He has the, the players which could hurt City in a similar way to the way that um, Liverpool hurt them midweek, I think. If he's brave and he goes for the, the right players to move around uh, Lukaku, I think um, it's there for him to sort of prolong the title race. And I think certainly this has been a disappointing season for Man United, but he's going to get another year. And at the very least, you don't want City rubbing it in your faces, winning the title against you on, on that sort of 
just leave a bit of a blemish on the on the season. I think um, Mourinho and United will be really pumped to sort of heap a bit more misery on City and at least prolong the title race. It's, it's kind of interesting that we've gone a whole week and there's kind of hasn't been a United story. There hasn't been no. anything. I feel like I haven't heard from United mm-hmm. since they, they beat Swansea last weekend, which is really yeah. strange because that news. was a sort of quiet routine win, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. We've probably all been focused on the Champions League a bit too much, haven't we? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe maybe it's a bit of kind of in-house. And you're right, I think Mourinho will look at it as, as a chance to to uh, perhaps lay down a marker for next season. Um, and again, you know, you know what Mourinho's like. He'd love to he'd love to poop a party. So uh, he'd be he'd, he'd enjoy he'd enjoy doing that as well. Um, but as I said before, I think it's a great chance for City to to. Um, kind of wipe away the ill feeling of of, of Wednesday and, and uh, give their fans something to to shout about. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Mourinho's uh, tactical approach to the game. Yeah. I think we all know pretty much what he's going to do, what he does in every big game. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting quote I say, which I've got, I've got here from Paul Parker, obviously former United defender, uh, former England defender, um, from this week, where he's basically gone in on Jose Mourinho and his tactical approach, um, where he was comparing Guardiola's approach and Mourinho's approach, and basically saying. I'll, say, I'll, I'll read out the quote. He said, um, in the modern game, it doesn't allow you to be physical and that affords City to play as they do. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's been like watching Barcelona. Um, without the modern game... Well, sorry, we'll start again. Without a doubt, the modern game suits Pep Guardiola more than Jose Mourinho. Uh, the, the style of it, the lack of physicality. When you look at Pep and Jose, you have to say there is a massive gap. Uh, Pep's evolving and realise that the game offers him more scope now uh, with what he wants to do because of how the game is going. He's basically saying that Mourinho's approach to basically being brutal mm. is not going to work anymore. Just absolutely is not going to work. And is there some truth in that when you see the success of how City have played and how Liverpool have, have, have approached the game? Um, yes, to a degree. Because, I mean, United are still above Liverpool and Spurs, aren't they? So they deserve credit for that. Um, but I get what he's saying. And I think if you look at, yeah, City, Liverpool, Spurs as well, they're, they're progressive teams, aren't they? They're, they're teams that you feel work on their players a lot more than, than Mourinho does at United. They're, United will go out and buy a superstar, Alexis Sanchez, obviously, being his latest example. Whereas Liverpool, City, uh, you know, there's, there's players in that in that City squad who, someone like Fabian Delph, for example, who would have been written off a long time ago. Um, same same with Spurs, Liverpool last night. You only got to look at the full-backs and, and pretty much all over the pitch, there was players who... Who um, you know they brought in Dominic Solanke with the last sort of like fifteen twenty minutes to go, didn't they? So um, yeah, in terms of the physical side of it for United, it's Mourinho. It's what he does, and it's what gets him results, and it's what wins him things in these two three year spells he has at clubs. Um, the second season thing, isn't it, which he used to have at all of his clubs, hasn't happened this time around at United. So it's very interesting to see what happens with them next season. I said it in here last week. I think he needs he needs to win something next season big. Otherwise, I can see, it. and if and if it's a similar season to to this season, where by December it's fairly obvious who's going to win the league, and it's not them, then I think you could see more kind of toys out the pram situation again. Yeah. Um, when you say you win something big, I assume you mean Premier League or Champions League. Yeah. One of those two. Yeah. So mm-hmm. FA Cup, not enough. Obviously, they could they could win the yeah, FA Cup. Yeah. He's, he's not stuck out in the charity shield, is he? When 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 Mourinho counts up his counts up his trophies at the end of the season, he was. Uh, he was counting the charity shield as one uh, the other year, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he needs he needs a league, he needs a league or a Champions League. I think it's um, the the signs point towards Guardiola and City style being replicated around Europe. Mm. That said, the most successful side in Europe this decade 
is now functioning as more of a a moments team. Real Madrid yeah. um, certainly showed against Juventus that they're prepared to sort of suffer a little bit. Ooh. They were outplayed, I thought, in the first half, certainly in Turin, and they were willing to sort of capitalise on those little pockets of space yeah. and instinctively finish in, when the chances presented themselves. And I think Mourinho can follow a similar trend, but he's going to need big, big talent. And he's got it, but it's just about making sure they're ruthless. And Lukaku has a willingness to to be that player. Is his touch good enough at the highest level to make him that ruth, ruthless Ooh. player? I'm not sure. Alexis Sanchez, does he give it away too much to make the moments of brilliance worthwhile? I'm not sure. But he's got talent. It's just, does it function only Ooh. when you have the most clinical player in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo, or not? I'm not sure. That means debate to, to be had but I don't think necessarily think you have to dominate teams with tiki-taka or um, slow cautious build-up I think you can sit in against teams with less talent than you soak it up and then hit them with on, on the break and be more of a moments team yeah um, Manchester City have to win mm-hmm. to win the title uh, do they do it yeah yep yeah yeah, I think they'll do it. Yeah, I think they'll do it. Even though they're going to significant, well, I say they'll significantly weaken. You cannot significantly weaken that <laughs> City team with the squad they've got, but mm-hmm. uh, we still think they've got enough. No uh, matter yeah, how much they rotate. I think they'll break them down. Obviously, Mourinho will try, will try and uh, will try and do his parking the bus. And I think in a in a topical reference, Man City will try and smash that bus down with, by throwing various <laughs> things at it. And uh, they've got the squad. They've got the players. Aguero will probably play when he. I thought uh, they'll want to get gaming in before before next week if he's starting that one. Um, yeah, City to win one 0 Bernardo maybe as well. Big impact yeah. this weekend, having not been yeah. playing a big part. Uh, I think that's, Sterling, that's, Sterling as well. Yeah. Point to prove. <laughs> that's significantly weakening, isn't it? Bernardo yeah. Silva and Raheem Sterling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, the Manchester derby isn't the only derby. Um, mm. Merseyside derby as well. I say is going to be a thriller. Um, is there a chance for Everton to maybe catch Liverpool with a maybe might have an an air of complacency? Yeah, definitely. Um, it depends on how they how, if they want it enough or if they. I mean, they will. It's most like Derby, but they just want the end of the season, don't they? Everton. We mentioned it last week, didn't we? Um, they they're not. Yeah, I thought they were awful against Man City. They and as City were fantastic, obviously, but they just they they literally lay down and, and let them walk all over them in the way they then let them use their pitch to train the following days as well, didn't they? Um, yeah. two, two training sessions at Goodison. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they were terrible. Um, they'll be up for it. Oh, yeah, of course they will. Uh, I'd imagine, yeah, I only think you're looking at five or six changes for Liverpool at least, I think. Yeah. Uh, most Salah, obviously. He won't be there. It? No, I can't imagine him being there. Um, probably one of maybe, I mean, he doesn't like resting for me now, so maybe he plays, but perhaps Mane on the bench and, and someone else comes in, maybe you move. Chamberlain further forward, you bring in Wijnaldum perhaps. So there's, there's options there for Liverpool to change. But yeah, um, it's a chance for Everton to uh, to kind of have one almost shine light in their season, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I say very quickly, I say just on the, the Everton Liverpool game because I do need to fly through the other yeah. fixtures. Um, Jurgen Klopp's moaned about this, this is fixture scheduling. Mm. They played Wednesday, they're going to be playing Saturday midday. Yeah. What's he moaning about? Why is that not enough it's, time? It's for an odd it? one, isn't it? Um, I think and sure, surely he'd like the prolonged rest before the yeah, second. Yeah, I think it was with the idea of initially the, the Merseyside dive was on the Sunday, but obviously they can't do that because of the Champions League game on the Tuesday. So I think he was upset with had it been the other way around and had it been Liverpool against City on Tuesday night. Then they go into the derby on on the Saturday and then they do the Wednesday. I think he was just annoyed about that. It's, it's essentially. 
three games in six days where it could have been three and eight. And I think he was trying to say that it, it should have been, but it's, it's a bit of a nothing argument, to be honest. I don't, I don't really know what he's on about. Yeah, I was going to say, if the, if the derby stays on the Sunday, then, as, as we say, think, obviously, they're, they're not, they're not going to... No, I think, he, I, his, I think he was trying to say all the Champions League games should be on the same night and then the, and then you got league and then you got other ones like that. But I'd like, um, I'd like to see the TV company's exactly, reaction to that. Exactly. I think um, it's um, maybe a, more of a broader theme. I think certainly the league could do more to yeah. liaise with the club involved and see what they prefer. I think certainly the Premier League is one of the only leagues in Europe where they don't help their their sides when mm. they get to a latter stage of the Champions League. Uh, Serie A have been known to allow their teams to play Friday night when they've yeah. got a big knockout yeah. game the following week. I think um, that might be the broader issue, a confusion with regards to the schedule with um, I think, I think Liverpool. Klopp, I think Klopp needs to be careful with it though because he, um, he's done this before where he, do, he doesn't like the early kickoffs mm-hmm. and he, he could, yeah, breakfast time he calls it. They're, they're playing at breakfast time. And uh, as a man who likes to lie in, yeah, yeah, he he doesn't like. And and when you constantly say that, then I think the message gets into your players. And I thought at Crystal Palace last week, they were poor for the first half there. Mm -hmm. And testament to their character, they came back and won that game. They obviously were more than a little lucky as well. But um, if he, if a manager is saying these things, it's the same thing with like when you talk about players being tired. If you're a manager and you're saying your players are tired, then the players are going to be tired because it's their excuse, isn't it? It's like they're, they're going, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's told me he's told me I'm, I'm tired and I'm, I'm playing for England last week mm-hmm. and I'm playing for a club yeah. this week and he's told me I need a rest. Yeah, whereas, the, Conte, yeah whereas managers could just, why not just wind up and say, you're great, you go out and win. you know. And it's the same thing with Klopp. He doesn't like the, the early kickoff. So Liverpool are going to go into that game and you saw it in the first half at Palace. Oh, yeah, we, we don't like playing at this time. It's a bit awkward. It's a bit inconvenient. You know, we, we have to have pasta or 8am or whatever it is they do before a game. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it does baffle me. Yeah, you're at Conte as well. It baffles me when managers do stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Merseyside derby, as obviously we mentioned, the early kickoff, 12.30pm kickoff on Saturday. Manchester derby at 5.30pm. Crammed in between them is a load of other Premier League fixtures. Uh, we've got Stoke versus Tottenham, Watford versus Burnley. Brighton versus Huddersfield, West Brom versus Swansea, Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace, and Leicester versus Newcastle all taking place at 3 p.m. on uh, Saturday. Um, out of those fixtures, uh, a couple of relatively big games as far as re- the relegation mm. uh, battle concerned. Um, obviously, West Brom are pretty much doomed; they they, they can go. But uh, chance for Swansea, Brighton, and Huddersfield against each other, huge game. Uh, Bournemouth and Palace as well. Yeah, um, the one that you just when you look at that, the one that I've started to worry for in these last couple of weeks are Huddersfield. I think they they've barely been down there all season. They've not. I don't know if they have been in the relegation zone, and uh, they just seem to be kind of dropping at, at the at the wrong time. Um, Brighton, whereas you know Brighton looks to have more about them, um, so that is the one that jumps out of the page to me in terms of the biggest one of the of the three o'clocks. And uh, it's, it's a shame, you know, because Huddersfield, I think they're one of those teams, you know. First time in the Premier League, well, both actually first time Premier League, aren't they? But Huddersfield, um, you know, kind of got a lot of neutral support behind them because of the way that they play the football. I think they're a good side, and um, they just seem to have fallen into a bad form at the wrong time. Um, and obviously, it will depend on what the teams below them do. But uh, and you and you look at, I mean, you got to switch to Sunday, and you look at tough games for Southampton and West Ham there. But um, Huddersfield, yeah, Huddersfield going to Brighton seems huge to me. Yeah, yeah, so. I think Brighton's safe if they win that game, mm. and. Um, what a great opportunity to basically take yourselves out of a relegation scrap. Absolutely. Um, on Sunday, uh, we've got Arsenal against Southampton and Chelsea against West Ham. Uh, Chelsea and West Ham could be interesting. Chelsea, obviously, have, have it all to do. West Ham, slightly uh, 
uh, picked up again. Um, Arsenal fans, really sorry that we haven't really talked about <laughs> you at all. Uh, we are recording literally just before you play CFK yeah, in they're Moscow. They're literally in the tunnel, aren't they? Um, yeah, they'll be on um, So, I mean, we, we can't tell you what happens. Um, or, or, I don't know, let, let's guess oh, this. Um, did you was... see that brilliant goal from Lacazette where he, uh, he did that Ronaldo over a kick from the edge of the box? Yeah, and, and, he, did, and he did a... It's now my all-time uh, favourite goal. Yeah. And, he, and he did a backflip when he did yeah. it as well, didn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah great. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done, Arsenal, <laughs> on your win. Um, 17-2 win. It was great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so apologies, Arsenal fan, uh, fans. Uh, we, we, we can't tell you anything about that game. Um Elsewhere in football, a couple of interesting fixtures just to look out for um, championship. I know we do have a championship listeners, uh, fans of the championship, so who listen to us. Um, I say I've had a few tweets from them in the past. Sorry, we haven't really spoke about the championship in recent weeks. We've been relatively stocked with uh, top level, but I am planning on doing a, a bit of a championship special with our uh, championship fans from the office uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but Cardiff against Wolves on Friday night, the top two. Big one. That's, uh, that's definitely interesting. Uh, the EFL Trophy Final is on Sunday. Lincoln against Shrewsbury. That competition which nobody cares about until you get to the final. Um, and also there's a big game in Spain. Uh, Real Madrid against Atletico Madrid. Uh, as I touched on with Rick Sharma a little bit early on. That's uh, Sunday 3.15. Uh, and that's us. That's, that's the weekend. Uh, that's a relatively exciting weekend, weekend to look forward that, yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, as you say, I look forward to sitting in front of the TV. But I'm, uh, I'm in here all weekend. Oh, yeah? I'm in the office. Uh, so, uh, what am I doing? I'm off on Sunday, yeah. So I can watch, I can watch those games. Um yeah, good, good, good football weekend. Get a chance, perhaps, to see the league being won, and uh, um, and yeah, just well, as I say, those those three PMs uh, will change the relegation picture a lot, won't they? When you look, you know, Stoke could be losing to Spurs. You got um, that Brighton Huddersfield one, I think, is huge. Um, and then yeah, onto Sunday, Southampton West Ham could be in trouble. Yeah, no, certainly an intriguing weekend. Uh, that will do us this week for the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, as always, uh, if you don't subscribe already, uh, you can do so on iTunes, on Audioboom and on Spotify. And you can give us a nice five-star rating if you so wish on any of those platforms. Uh, as always, would be very, very much appreciated. Um, so until next week, um, hopefully the Premier League title will have been won uh, against as the City fan. <laughs> um, uh, and obviously we'll be recording after the second leg of the, uh, the Liverpool City Champions League game, so we'll have a bit more fallout from that. Mm. Hopefully, be talking about one of the greatest European comebacks Ooh. of all time. We'll see. Uh, sorry, Jonesy, it's going to happen. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I really don't. But yeah, you might want to tell the players that, given the way they played uh, last night. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, well. oh well. So yeah, until next time, uh, enjoy the weekend action, and we will see you then.